Good morning. Today is Monday, January 30th, 2023. A number of years ago, a group of scientists discovered a way in which the splitting of the Red Sea may have taken place based on computer simulation. They used very sophisticated modeling and they found that there's a certain place in Egypt where there was an ancient riverbed that curved away from a wider body of water that existed in that time. And they demonstrated how a very strong east wind blowing overnight would be able to push water back right at that bend so that the sand, the earth underneath, would be uncovered. <clears throat> and for a number of hours, it would be possible to walk across from one side to the other. And then, after a few hours, when the wind died down, the water would rush back and it would cover it up again. And the leader of the project, this scientist, said when he finished this presentation, the simulations match fairly closely with the account in Exodus of the splitting of the Red Sea in this week's Torah portion, the Parsha B'Shalach. Okay, so now we have a scientific way to explain how the splitting of the Red Sea took place. But Rabbi Jonathan Sachs points out, here is what is really fascinating about what the Torah tells us about this miracle. So let's just review the verses first. The Torah tells us, this week's Torah portion, Vayet Moshe es yado al hayom, Moshe drew his hand towards the sea, and God calls there to be a strong eastern wind all night long. And it caused the sea to become dry. And it transformed the sea. It divided the water so that there was sea on one side and water sea on the other side, but in the middle was dry land. That's what the Torah says. Now, that passage, we now know, can be read in two very different ways. One way to read that is there was a miracle. God suspended the laws of nature. It was a supernatural event, and the water stood on either side like a wall, and the Jewish people walked through, and then the waters crashed down on the Egyptian soldiers who were following them. Okay, that's one way to read it. There's another way to read it. The, the computer simulation shows us that the splitting of the Red Sea was the natural outcome of a strong east wind particularly at that place and specifically at that time. So it happened as a force of nature, but the miraculous part of it was that it happened just then, just there, just as the Jewish people needed an escape route being up against the sea on one side and the Egyptian army following them on the other side, 
And all of a sudden, this super, this natural event, not supernatural, this natural event ha just happens to occur at exactly the right moment, giving them an escape route. Now, there's a significant difference between these two interpretations. Both of them clearly are miracles. But there's a very big difference in what is the nature of the miracle that we are commemorating. If it's the first, God suspended the laws of nature and the water split and stood up like a wall, it was, a, it was something that would appeal to our sense of wonder. It was extraordinary. Laws of nature don't apply when God intervenes. And it is a story that appeals to the imagination. All of a sudden, there's nowhere to go, there's nowhere to turn, they're trapped, and all of a sudden, there's this big miracle, and they have a way to go, and they go to freedom. But, according to the second way of understanding it, it is also a miracle, but it is a very different kind of miracle. And here... According to the second way of understanding it, the Torah is describing a miracle that is based on irony. Because what is it that made the Egyptian army so fierce? What was it that gave Egypt its strength to be the dominant empire in the world? It was that they had the latest, most powerful military technology at that time, which was the horse-drawn chariot. And their horse-drawn chariots made their army invincible, unbeatable in battle. Notice, there, the Torah tells us 600 soldiers chased after the Jewish people. Now let's just understand the math for a moment. Because we know that the Jewish people who left Egypt were approximately 600,000 men between the ages of 20 and 60. Many, many more people if you count the whole population. But even if you just focus on the 600,000, Paro sent an army of 600 against a group of people that was a hundred times their size. They must have had a lot of confidence in the ferocity and success of those 600 soldiers to send that number after a group that large. But here's the thing. And this is kind of a poetic justice that is just exquisite. Where is the one circumstance that the most powerful armament in battle can be so weak to allow a, a, a group of people many hundreds time their size to simply walk away from them? Well, when the route passes through mud. Because when the route passes through mud, like a body of water where the wind has pushed it out of the way, but it is still going to be mud, well, people can walk across. But chariot wheels are going to get stuck in the mud. The army can neither advance nor retreat. The wind stops 
the water returns, and the most powerful are now the most powerless. And the most powerless are on their way to freedom. In other words, the second understanding of the miracle, that it was a miracle that a natural occurrence happened at just that moment, and that was specifically the way for the Jewish people to be able to triumph over Egypt, that is a type of miracle that has a moral depth to it. And that moral depth is expressed later in Tehillim, Psalm Kufmem Zion, Psalm 147, where David Amelech writes, King David writes in, in Psalms, Ma'oded Anavim Hashem. God gives courage to the lowly, to the weak. Mashpil Rishoyim Ade Oretz. And God brings the wicked who are powerful, God brings them down to earth. God's man's pleasure is not in the strength of the horse. I'm sorry. God's pleasure is not in the strength of the horse. Not in the uh, powerful, muscular legs of the warrior. Rotsa Hashem es God's not looking for those people with strong muscles. God's looking for those who revere God. Those who put their hope in God's compassion. The splitting of the Red Sea is described in a way that we can understand it on at least these two different levels. We can understand it as a supernatural miracle, which is an, a miracle that everyone at every age, at every stage of development can appreciate. Wow, that's amazing. But it can also be read as a miracle that teaches us about the limits of technology, about what is the real strength of a nation or of a person. The text, according to Rabbi Sachs, is deliberately written so that as we deepen our understanding, as we mature, we can see it in a more sophisticated, subtle light. And there may come a time when we're no longer interested in the mechanics of how it happened, but we're more interested in how is freedom won or lost. And on this level, the miracle is really about the story of our history, which is right over might. We have never been stronger than our adversaries. We have never been a world power. We have never achieved the status of an empire. But we have always excelled and continue to excel in the power of the Spirit. That is our true and eternal strength. And that is the miracle that is for us to uncover in the splitting of the Red Sea. My friends, I want to wish you a great day. 
and I look forward to seeing you soon in person.